Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I want to ask you a question that I ask very frequently. Elevate Nation, are you ready to take it to another level? Because I know I am. And I want to welcome you back to our show because our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar professionally and personally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is a masterclass for leaders who are looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And if you appreciate what we're doing, we would appreciate if you subscribe to our show. We'd appreciate if you gave us a rating, a review. We've been so blessed to really kind of receive so much support thus far. And we actually cracked the top 200 business podcasts in the world within our first week of launching. And so definitely want to give a shout out to Elevate Nation and uh, definitely wanted to just, you know, read one of these reviews that was so awesome. It's a masterful combination of personal growth and real estate and how they can best serve each other to create your best life. So I def definitely want to just thank you for that review. And I want to thank Michael Blanc for joining us today because uh, he's an amazing person and we, we were going to dive into a lot. And so Michael, thank you so much for being here today. How are you, sir? Taylor, it's great to be here, man. It's, it's awesome to say hello to Elevate Nation. Absolutely, my friend. Well, um, I just want to go ahead and introduce you to Elevate Nation. Um, you know, I'm sure many Many of our listeners know you, but many, may some, may some will not, you know, so let's just go ahead and dive in here. And so, so Michael is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing, and the host of the popular Apartment Buildings Investing podcast. He's helped investors purchase over 5,000 multifamily units valued at $215 million through his content and training programs, and he controls over 43 million in multifamily units. And so, uh, you know, obviously, we're all we're known by our bios in this industry, right, uh, Michael? And and I, I want to know a little bit more about Michael the man. You know, beyond the bio, you know, what what are you all about, and and kind of what what makes you tick? Yeah, when I started my search for financial freedom in two thousand five, I think I would I would say I was probably mostly about the money, and uh, once I lost it all, it was about something else. It was uh, it was more much more about and all about the mission. And once I become clear, clear about that, things just as they do, they magically happen. But my mission right now is to help 1,000 people quit their jobs with real estate. And it may not be in the way of the thinking, which is mostly single family house investing, but in fact, with apartment buildings. And uh, what's surprising to most people is that that's something that you can do without any prior experience and without your own cash. All you really need is a hustle and a desire to try to quit your quit your job or become financially free. So that's what lights me up. That's why I get up in the morning. So what is it? Um, was that your experience prior? I know I did a little bit of research on you and I know that you started out in sort of the software startup space and it sounds like maybe you lost some of your passion for that. Is that something that you've identified that maybe there's thousands of others who are in the same boat and you want to help them reach that freedom that you talk about so frequently? Yeah, when I talk about my blueprint of financial freedom with real estate, it typically, it typically takes one to two years if you just simply follow it. Mine took, I don't know, 10 years. Uh, and, and, and that's because I didn't have my blueprint and, and I tried everything under the sun. So when I'd read, I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 2005, that's when I quit my software job. And I was able to do that because I had a bunch of money from an IPO we went through. I was like, I was the man. 
And so I, I, read, I read this book and I, th- and I felt slightly lesser than, than the man because I'm like, darn it, I thought I was pretty smart. Instead, I'm an, actually, I'm an idiot. Like it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account, what your salary is, it all mas- matters how much passive income you have because I realized after reading that book that when I stopped working, then money stopped flowing except for the interest and dividends I got at the time. I was like, man, I got to fix this. So I decided to throw it all away. I had a certain, I was going to be a CEO of a software company. That was like my plan. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I, I'm going to throw all that away. I'm going to pursue financial freedom. And, and my big idea, Tyler, was restaurants. And don't ask me exactly why. I was just surrounded by a bunch of franchisees who basically says, oh yeah, it costs this much to open. You hire a guy and they run it all and you just sit back and count your passive income. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's exactly what I want. So I just went all in. I took all my chips in the middle of the table and went into this restaurant franchise. Now the recession kind of changed that a little bit. Long story short, I subsequently lost my IPO millions in that uh, restaurant experience and I clawed my way out uh, using real estate. And like so many people, it's with single family house investing because that's, that's what everybody else around me did, right? So I started flipping houses, didn't have any money, so I figured out how to raise it from people. It was you know, a simple 12% interest note, six months, you know, six months and, and I, I realized that people were interested in investing with that. Uh, and then also got accidentally got into an apartment building. One of my wholesalers brought it to me. And, you know, it was kind of cool, kind of exciting. And it kind of died down. And I'm flipping houses, flipping houses. We flipped like three dozen houses in three years. And it was really cool. Made a bunch of money while my restaurants were bleeding money. So I was just, you know, I was surviving. But meanwhile, this apartment building, while not very exciting, was sent me, sending me mailbox money every month. And I was like, huh. You know, here I am working my butt off on the restaurants and the house flipping side. And meanwhile, this little apartment building sending me a check every month. I was like, well, shoot, maybe I should stop doing that and start doing more of this. And that's kind of when I, when I shifted over from the single family house stuff to the, to the multifamily. And I, that's when I started blogging about it. People were like, well, how did you raise money? How did you put these deals together? You know, and so, you know, today we're one of the leading authorities on teaching people how to buy apartment buildings by raising money. Yeah. And it sounded like when I did, I was doing a little bit of reading on what you'd written from back then when you got started, just kind of serendipitously into the multifamily space. It sounds like your first deal was that, was it the 12 flex? Yeah. 12 unit in Washington, DC. Okay. And yeah. And you started out and it was like, my goodness, so many challenges, which totally resonated with me because the first deal I ever invested in was like beyond what I ever thought. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it seems so much easier than this in a book. And w- do you think that that was a blessing for you uh, in the beginning so you could learn all of those all of those lessons and realize how much of a challenge it is? Or what was your experience with that? And maybe you can give us a Cliff Notes version of what exactly happened. Yeah, so now my conclusion is all things are blessings. You just don't realize it at the time. And this was one of those things. It was pretty much perceived as a curse to me, as a nightmare, because uh, I had a nightmare tenant in there. Um, who was in a very pro-tenant, uh, I would say state, state or district, kind of like New York and California, made my life very challenging to the point where I'm in court every two months and I'm bleeding money and I'm about to run out of money out of this thing. And, um, and so, yes, it, it, was, it was like, I would say, looking back on the you know, dozen deals we've done since then, totaling 1,500 units, that was like having a dozen deals of 1,500 units all in one. Like literally, Every possible thing that possibly could have wrong from lawsuits to water main to gas leaks to, I don't know, anything, anything else you can think of happened in that deal. So yes, it was definitely a nightmare. Um, however, um, after that was you know, overcome, I learned a lot, number one. And uh, you, you learn to deal with, with stress uh, a lot. You learn to stay calm regardless of, of what happens. 
and it did throw a lot of situations at me, right? So, so once you, you know, once you have a few situations, you can, it allows you to deal with difficult situations, even if they're uh, unknown. Yeah. And, and you still even talked about how the property succeeded thereafter and it was still paying you checks every month, even after all of these challenges were overcome, right? It's interesting when you talk to people who have gotten into multifamily sometimes, not always, but sometimes their first deal is the problem child. And, uh, or maybe it's a third deal. So some, you know, it's a portfolio approach in some degree. But what I find interesting is that given enough time, the problem is always fixed. And I think it's due to the nature of multifamily. It's due to um, your ability to put in professional manager. If that manager doesn't work out, you can find someone else. It's due to the inherent business model where the income exceeds expenses typically in, in many markets. It's due to um, an increase in a natural increase in rent because of increased inflation and the markets going up, right? So it's all these combination of factors that even if you kind of screw it up or something happens to you, yes, it's not good. And maybe you don't make the cash you think you're going to make, but there's no loss of capital, right? So in my case, we had missed our projections by like a mile the first 24 months, you know, until we were like, oh, okay, now we're back on tar target. And it was not good vis-a-vis -vis the investors. The only saving grace was that we had actually doubled the, the, proper, uh, the value of the property. So we made up on the back end, though we didn't have it on the cash flow. But it's, it's an interesting characteristic of multifamily is that given enough time, it simply writes the ship. Yeah, that's been exactly my experience as well. And so uh, I wanted to switch gears just slightly in terms of just you as a person, you know, you, see, you, you strike me as someone who's so driven for a higher purpose, right? You want to help thousands of people, you know, quit their jobs with real estate. So tell me about, was there a moment in time when you actually just kind of drew a line in the sand and said, look, I'm not going to be this ordinary guy. I'm not going to be just this corporate employee. You know, what was that moment or, or what was there a process that got you there? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I probably drifted through most of my life. I got to say, I look at, you know, like my high school, blur. Like, I don't even know what I did, you know. And then I went to college. It was a little better. And I was a bio major for the first year. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do with this? So I decided, oh, well, I'm just going to study computer science. I don't know. I don't really have an affinity to computers. I was like, well, you know, it makes good money. So I'll, I'll do that. And I just kind of did one thing after another that led to another, you know, um, and I, I think fundamentally, I was never intentional with anything. I think my first major intentional act was literally quitting my job after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. It like slapped me upside the head with such velocity that I was like, I was like literally rattled awake. And it was like the first time I did something intentional that wasn't a natural next step. In fact, most people were like, dude, what are you doing? You got this great salary, you got these stock options, you know, why would you ever want to leave? And I'm like, yeah, but that's cool right there. And, and that's, that's kind of when I started waking up to the fact that I was actually an entrepreneur, which looking back on my own history was always there. I just never paid any attention to it. So, so really it was, it was, um, it was that, that event that kind of rattled my cage a little bit. Um, and, and the thing that really changed me quite a bit talking about the mission though, was my total loss of capital. It was one of those things where I was in the depth of despair and I was like, you know, I was like having a conversation with God, like, okay, you got me in this mess. You're going to have to get me out of this mess. But I was this close of, of getting my, of getting a job. Like I literally went through my resume. I was like, well, what's, what kind of job should I, should I get? And I was like, well, I could do this. I could do, I like that. Well, I'm pretty good at this. And I was like, crap, someone's going to have to hire me as a CEO. Like, cause I love doing all these things. I was like, man, I'm, I'm unemployable. And I refused to believe that my, my destiny was going back to a job. And so I decided to kind of stick with real estate. 
even though I knew, even if I found that, you know, that house tomorrow to flip, it would take six months to pay off, you know, and, and, and the real, the real, you know, God's business plan was the blog. Like that was his like big plan. I was like, okay, you need to teach other people how to do this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not really very good at it. Um, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you, you were like the crash test dummy of financial freedom. And so that I think was a shift for me. It was, it was, uh, it was started being less about me and more about, Hey, how can I serve others with, with, without any kind of guarantee of success? I think that was a fundamental shift in probably 2013 for me. Yeah, that was um, similar to what happened to me. I mean, I was in the corporate environment as well. And it was like, wait a minute, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And it's like, hold on a second. So I don't have to just trade my time for money. It was like, it's such a simple concept, but it's so profound. And I know it's influenced so many people in our industry. But beyond that, it's changed lives to where, you know, I, I don't have to do what's ordinary. I don't have to do the common things because now I can actually leverage my time. I can leverage my resources. And I find that so fascinating. And, you know, as you go along this path, you know, for me, the key has been personal professional development in addition to effectively investing in income producing real estate. So I'm curious, you know, yourself, what is, what's an example of, of a way that you've raised the bar recently in your business, whether it's your own personal development, your own professional growth, um, that has really led to greater results for you? I, so I think um, to raise the bar, that's a great question. I, I'm always more of a, go, a goal-oriented person anyway, but I think going back to that intentionality thing, that's one something I, I had a major weakness in. So one of the things I always, I always try to do is, you know, I, I always felt like I needed a morning routine. I, I always read that it would kind of center you and clarify, and I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get up early enough for one thing. And I didn't really know what to do with myself until I, I read this book uh, by Hal Elrod called The Miracle Morning. And it really changed my life about three years ago. And in fact, he keynoted at our event a couple months ago at Dealmaker Live. Fascinating guy. But that book made a, made a material difference to me because it allows me to elevate myself to the next level and uh, through a variety of, of, of means. First of all, it allows me to gain uh, clarity uh, on wh wh what, what do I want? Like, what do I, what do I want? What's working? What's not working? What, who, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, what should I do this week? Like all those things, like this clear, just great clarity. And I think with great clarity becomes great power, I think. And that allow that clarity allows you to elevate yourself. You know, what do you, what are you going to do? And, and once you have that clarity, it makes all the other decisions much easier. Hey, should I do this deal? Should I partner with that person? Should I do this initiative? Well, yes, it, it helps your mission. No, it doesn't help your mission at all. It makes you money, but it doesn't help your, your mission. You're like, hmm, right? And so now it makes it, it becomes very clear. Also, you, it helps you get other people on board, right? So you're, you're building this mission. You start feeling very strong about it. And now other people come on board. And now you can do lots of amazing things. So it's not just you elevating yourself, but now you're getting other people on board. And together, you can do unbelievable things. So you're telling me that just your morning routine has helped you achieve that level of clarity? I think so. Well, I mean, among awesome. other things, but, but yeah, I think so. It was, a, it was a main factor. Yeah. Well, it's like a, it's like a keynote, you know, or a key keystone habit, you know, such as uh, what Charles Duhigg talked about in the uh, power of habit. You know, if you get up early, you know, other things are going to kind of fall in line like a domino. And if you can achieve clarity, it's like one of those major dominoes in your life that can, you know, bring other people onto your mission. And, you know, you can convince other people that your mission is a mission that they want to, you know, hitch onto. And so what I'm curious about along with that is while you have achieved that clarity and while you continue to 
you know, achieve further clarity, you know, in your business and in your life. I'm curious as to how do you say no to certain opportunities that may make you money, like you mentioned, uh, but they may not serve that higher mission. Yeah, it's something that I've, I've had to learn to do. Um, I think I had uh, early on, I had this uh, shiny objectitis syndrome, right? And, and as an entrepreneur, I, even, my, even now today, I, I know that I love creating new things. So when I create something and I put something in place, I put some systems, some process, some product in place, and I see it work like once, I'm like, oh, that's great. That's working. I'll move on. I don't even give it time to like work. Right. And, and so in the beginning I was just doing everything. I mean, I was like, I took a, I learned how to trade stocks and options. I learned how to negotiate short sales. You know, I did apartment building, I flipped some houses. I did the restaurants, you know, it's like, it's like insanity. You can't, you can't really get good at any one thing. And, um, you know, I think Grant Cardone got, got interviewed recently by, by Lewis Housen at the end, Lewis asked me, what's kind of your secret to success? And I, you know, expecting Grant Cardone style, my, my jet, you know, like something stupid like that. And he's like, consistency. I'm like, what? Consistency. It's doing the same thing or similar thing over great periods of time. And I think um, that and combined with the clarity and the mission. So I think the first thing is clarity and alignment with, with your mission. And there's a, there's a lot that goes in there, right? It's like, who are you? you know, what do you, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose is right now? Like money, not being any object, what lights you up in the morning? If you could do it every single day like that, right? And can you do that? Okay. Once you figure that out, then you just got to stay true to that, to that mission. You got to, you got to be brutally honest with amazing opportunities that come along. You say, Hey, does this really consistent with my mission? Um, or is it really feeding my ego? And, and, and if it's the latter, you might have to say no to that. And some, some of those decisions are, you know, they're hard, especially when they make money. You're like, oh, man, it's going to make me a bunch of money. You know, maybe, should I still say no to that? And the answer sometimes is, is, is yes, right, sometimes. Or should I work with a particular person, right? Wow, big name, but, man, he's kind of a jerk, right? Like, how is that going to play out? Um, you know, and I really want to be in his world, but is that really aligned with where I want to be? And sometimes the answer is no, right? You, you, your path is over here. Yeah. And one of the things I love most about real estate is that it almost force, forces that consistency, you know, because it takes so long to really accomplish your goals. And, you know, it's obviously some business plans may call for a three to five year hold or, or what have you, but you, you don't have the opportunity of just, you know, it's not as liquid as other types of deals. And so it, it forces that consistency, or at least it has for myself and, and many of the people that I work with. Uh, but beyond that, I'm actually curious to know further to, you know, just being consistent and, and seeking your clarity and being so mission driven. What are some habits that are so key to your, your rituals that really set you up for success? Well, the miracle morning is one. Um, I think the other one that's important um, is there's a book by Gary Keller called the one thing. It helps you essentially, right? It helps you exercise or, or, or uh, implement or execute that, that vision. So if you're very clear about something, you got to make time for it. You can't just, you know, do it at the, you know, at the end of the day when you have time, you actually have to schedule it. And so Gary Keller goes over the methodology of how do you do that? How do you schedule that? So for me personally, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday, Thursday morning, one full day in a week essentially is what I call strategic time right? Those are times when I don't check emails, I don't have any phone calls, and I just get stuff done, right? And so I'm working on my, on my, 
on, a, on the one thing during that time. And I, if you do that week over week over week, at this point, you can really get stuff done. Because sometimes you need two, three hours in a block to do anything. I mean, like let's say you're writing a book or you're writing a course or you're writing a series of blog posts or whatever the case may be. You need uninterrupted time for like two or three hours. You can't get that in a typical day because you're, you're, maybe you get 30 minutes and then you get a ding on your laptop and you're checking email and before you get back, you're like, what the heck was I just thinking when I got on here? So it's very unproductive. So that's a habit that's been, um, that's been very uh, useful for me. Yeah, I love that book, The One Thing. It's so simple, but you know, I love the, actually in that book, he gives you this little door hanger uh, there that you can actually put on your, I'm sure you remember this, but you put it on your, your doorknob and it says, you know, don't bother me, I'm working on my one thing. And it's so important because if you don't fill your time with, you know, your, your most important activities, then it's going to be filled with something else. It's like another book that uh, you may have read or, you know, that you may be familiar with called Traction. Uh, one thing that I love about that book is, you know, setting rocks. And it, it, the way that they describe it is, you know, your quarterly goals are your rocks. If you look at, you know, a cup as an example, and you, you put all the sand in first and the pebbles first, you're not going to be able to fit the big rocks. So your big goals, your big vision, it's not going to be accomplished, you know, if you don't prioritize them first. And so I think that's so, so important for Elevate Nation to really have a takeaway here of, you know, scheduling, you know, blocking that off on a weekly basis, whether it's one day, two days or so on, you know, where you've got a huge, you know, two to three hours worth of non interrupted time is so, so important. So I appreciate you sharing that with us, Michael. That's awesome. Uh, I'm curious to know, you know, beyond, you know, obviously you've been so public with some of your failures, whether, whether it was the 12 unit deal early on or whether it was uh, the pizza franchise, it was the pizza franchises. Um, so, uh, you know, what, what else, what other failures have you experienced that have really set you up for later success? That's not enough, Tyler, two major. I know, failures. I know. I got to hear more, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I got, I got a bunch of them really. Uh, you know, the house flipping side, not every single deal we did worked out. And it was typically those deals that I couldn't comp cleanly. Uh, I couldn't get a clean ARV out of it after a pair value. And, and every one, every time it bit me in the butt and it was just something that just didn't sell for what I thought it would. It would take longer. It was always something that, you know, you still in hindsight, you really don't know exactly what it was. It was too close to a drug dealer, two houses down or too close to a, I don't know, dog barking, whatever the case may be. And it's the same thing on the apartments as well. You know, if I can't cleanly comp a rent increase, for example, and I, now I'm speculating. And so, you know, those are probably some of those failures. Now, again, with the houses, you're, you're doing you know, hopefully some, some amount of volume and you kind of get, it's a portfolio approach. Um, and the risk, you know, with the multifamily is, is a little lower because you really need a pretty high degree of vacancy for you to start losing money. So a lot has to happen before then. Uh, but yeah, I've, there's a couple houses that I've, we lost money on as well. Well, it's a great takeaway for all of us to recognize is that underwriting and analysis prior to doing a deal is so, so important. And so you've got to surround yourself with the appropriate individuals. If you're not the underwriter on your team, you've got to be outsourcing that. You've got to be hiring that, or you've got to be partnering with someone who's an expert in that way. Uh, or you've got to be looking at somebody like Michael and saying, well, you know what, can you mentor me on this? I mean, I know Michael's got you know, so many different tools available, you know, whether it's his deal analyzer or just his one-to-one -one mentoring programs. So it's so, so important because you know what, if you, it's like what Ben Franklin said, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, you know? And so there's, there can be so many flaws in our underwriting, our analysis. Um, so I appreciate you being so forthright on that. Um, it's also well known that success leaves clues. And so I'm curious to know who are your role models? 
Oh gosh. Well, we already talked about a couple of them, right? So Robert Kiyosaki is a role model from his, uh, from his book for sure. I mean, that for you, it was a big mind opener. So simple, right? Um, Hal Elrod is in, now a, a, a role model for me. He's now I got to get to know him a little bit uh, better. Uh, his book was instrumental. He's got a new book out called The Miracle Equation, which is really good. It really talks about uh, setting goals. So those, the, the, the one thing and, and the miracle equation are, are awesome. Uh, and he's just a really interesting guy. He's, uh, he basically nearly died twice in his life, once through a head-on collision when he was 19. And three years ago, he was diagnosed with a very rare cancer that he should not have survived. And so he's very inspirational to, to me as well. But I'm constantly reading. I know, like, probably like you, I'm constantly reading books. So I almost feel like I'm, I'm surrounded by, you know, many different um, mentors that I, you know, and, and some I have paid for and some I have not simply by listening to podcasts and, and reading books. There's a couple, some of the, some of the bigger ones. Yeah, there's so many different resources out there, whether it's a book, whether it's a YouTube video, whether, I mean, it's like, if you are not acquiring that information today, there's really no excuse. I mean, you don't want it bad enough. You're not defiantly committed enough. So that's really great. Um, beyond that, what, what goal, we want to talk about goals. What goal are you most proud of accomplishing in the past 12 months? Probably putting together our investment company called Nighthawk Equity. So my mission is to help people quit their jobs with real estate uh, as an active investor. So that's where our educational content comes into play, our, our mentoring and our live events. But more increasingly, as of the last six, nine months, we're really uh, doing the same thing for the passive investing side. Because these, these people are doctors, attorneys, they actually have, want the same exact thing. They want to be able to control their time and provide for their family. And so they want out of their you know, high stress practice or partnership uh, they just happen to have money to invest. Well, what are they going to do with this money? They can't get any consistency in the stock market. They're paying too many taxes. Oh, I know. Why don't you invest in our multifamily syndication? So one of the things I'm you know, mostly proud of is putting together a team together at Nighthawk. We just have such a great team. Uh, There's five, five of us, and uh, you know, we have 1,500 units right now. And just that team together allowed us to do a lot of things, almost, I wouldn't say effortlessly, but with very little effort. And it's, it's due to that team. So I'm really proud of that. And we will we really want to provide more consistent deal flow for passive investors to do the same thing that the active investor want, which is, you know, quit their job or partnership. I love it. Goals are something that I'm so inspired by because it makes you uncomfortable and you fight towards, you know, something, you know, that you have a big vision and you're such a mission driven person. I'm curious to know, you know, what are you uncomfortably and inspired, you know, working towards right now as far as a goal? Yeah, I think uh, helping thousand people become financially free is as a pretty big goal. Uh, and getting to 10,000 units is another big goal. And, you know, achieving both of those goals means that I need to, uh, I need to expand my reach uh, just massively beyond where I am now. I'm going to need more people on the team. Um, and it's like one of those things when you first start out, like, oh, I'm just kind of happy doing this my, by myself, you know, like, woohoo. And, and that's great. I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of the lifestyle entrepreneur. But um, if I want to have a bigger impact, I need to reach more people, right? So, and what that means kind of scares me a little bit and also requires a higher degree of consistency than perhaps I'm wired to do. So I know that about myself. So eventually I'm going to have to bring someone on like a COO, a president, right? So someone who is wired to operate, right? And just do it every single day and they love it. They get up like, this is, this is great. We're going to build the engine. We're going to, and I'm, you know, and I can, I can just kind of be the visionary and just think of new ideas and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of uh, goals that we have that kind of scares me a little bit. 
That's one thing that I, I think about frequently is you think about folks who are involved in real estate and they're, you know, a lot of people are lifestyle type of entrepreneurs or lifestyle investors that invest to gain more of their time to be able to go travel and, you know, to do the things that are important to them that are not related to work. And so, you know, someone like yourself, you know, you're willing to push beyond, you know, what's average or what's even beyond average. You know, what is that big driving force behind that? Is it teaching and is it just that desire to help other people or is there something else beyond that yeah i think i think it's literally i mean when, when you when you are instrumental in helping someone quit their job it's like crazy it's it's amazing hey i helped this person through my course or my training program quit their job and now they can spend time with those three girls you know before they were traveling all the time they were missing the girls you know grow up and now he can be home Right. And, and what's even more exciting about that is not that so much while that's exciting. What happens to these people is they're in this temporary state of confusion because they're home at two 30 in the afternoon. They're like, shoot, I just, what am I going to do with myself? Like they, they're literally confused for a period of months sometimes. And then what happens is they fig, they ask, start asking questions around, well, what else is there in life? Because I just lost half of my 90% of my identity was tied up in this job. I now no longer have. And they're like, Oh, who am I? And it's very unsettling. And then they ask these greater questions. And what happens then invariably is they will then come up with a question that's almost always around significance and legacy. And that's very powerful, right? So one person who now was, you know, in a hamster wheel, in a cubicle, all of a sudden is creating podcasts, writing books, changing the world. And that, to me, is huge leverage, right? So my goal is a thousand people. But even if you're just one person, that one person can impact thousands of people they just have to be empowered to do that. That is exactly what we're doing here on Elevate Nation is really we're, you know, we're, we're looking to help people get back to a place of fulfillment. You know, it's, it seems like a foreign word to many people because they tolerate their life. They, they, you know, they back up the car out of the driveway and they head to their nine to five and they plug it in, they punch the time clock. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they come back and they do their, you know, their regular, you know, evening routine. And then it's like this compounds year over year over year. And they don't realize that they're just tolerating this life. And that's why I love real estate so much is because it's another option. It's the other option. And, um, you know, that's so cool that you're able to do that. And you're so inspired towards working like you know, working hard towards that, because I think honestly, millions of people haven't still been turned on to this. It's like, we're, we're so in this world, they, you know, it seems like everyone knows about it now. But it's amazing that, you know, there's really so much more of an opportunity. And so I appreciate your contribution in that. Um, and so from here, what I want to do is I want to kind of, you know, fast forward into our rapid fire section, we actually call it the rare air questionnaire. And the reason why we call it that is because we're theoretically climbing Mount Everest, right now. Most people gave up. Most people can't breathe, but we're not giving up. We're pushing through and we're taking it to the next level. So, you know, we've talked about a few books already beyond some of these books that we've already talked about. I'm curious to know what is the most impactful book that you've read? Oh man, that's a tough question. Tough question. I don't know. You you've already talked about good ones, man. We've already talked about good ones. I mean, there's I many other good ones, but, uh, uh, what about one in the past, uh, six months? Oh my gosh. Well, the miracle equation that just came out like two All months right. ago. So okay. I highly, highly, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, but, Hal about El, but Hal Elrod talks about uh, approaching goals in a different way, goals and affirmations in a way that makes so much more sense than when I was learned to do, learned to do. I learned to set goals that are specific, measurable with a deadline. Okay. That's great. Those are all correct. Mm -hmm. But what if you miss your deadline? Now you're sad, you're depressed, you're frustrated. 
Okay, so Hal says, forget the deadline, just commit. Just commit to the outcome. And you're going to work on that for as long as it takes. There's no other option, right? And if you change it like that, you can actually never fail. Like he wanted to uh, sell a million copies of his book, The Miracle Morning. And, um, and his goal initially was 12 months. And then, of course, he was, fell far short. It was 12,000 copies, which is not bad for a first book, but quite a bit short of a million copies. And it took him six years to sell a million copies after being on, I don't know, hundreds of podcasts, interviews, goes, TVs, radio. It was like constant hustle. And so that's what he teaches. One example of what I got out of the book is just commit to the outcome, not so much to the deadline. Yeah, that's, that really resonates with me. I've had so many goals where I'm like, well, the deadline's passed. I guess I failed. And <laughs> you're always taught to be specific, measurable, yeah. you know, attainable, realistic, and timely. And certainly you want to hold yourself accountable to make sure that you're taking yeah. action and it never, you know, you're not putting it off indefinitely, but that's actually a pretty good thought or it's a very good thought. Um, but it is all about the outcome. Commit to the outcome, you know, what, and, the, and the person you become, that's a main point. It's a person that you become on the oh, way yeah. there. That so, is in other words, you can never fail. <laughs> that's a phenomenal point because that's one of the best things about real estate. You know, as you're striving to build a portfolio of 10,000 units, it's who you're going to become to get there. That's one thing I never realized until I started, you know, growing in real estate is that, wow, this effort is actually creating this person, this, you know, this, this, this individual that I never knew existed. And so I think that's something to be inspired by and Elevate Nation can certainly, you know, become something more by committing to an outcome. That's really great. Uh, beyond that, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis beyond your morning routine and some of the other habits that we've talked about? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's a variety variety of things. But reading reading books, listening to podcasts, um, you know, doing this reflection is in, the, in the morning, to following the miracle morning routine, and uh, really reminding myself why I do certain things, right? And 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 who I'm serving, right? Who am I serving today? How can I serve those people better? Um, and just, again, it's, it's back to the clarity. What am I, what am I doing exactly? And how can I do that better? How can I reach more people? Um, how can I serve people better? Well, you're really leading into my, my final question here is how do you elevate others around you? And obviously you do that in so many different ways, but, um, you know, is there a, is there a simple way that we can sort of implement into our own lives today that you elevate uh, others around you? You know, I was reading Seth Godin's uh, Tribe today, um, uh, last last few days, and it's really about becoming a leader. And wherever you are, uh, you don't have to be in a position of leadership, but but how you know, basically, it's all about belief and a belief about something. It's about that mission is really what it is. So you are on a mission to do something, and you go out with that mission, and then you will you will attract people to that mission, and you will repel people to that mission. Right. So, for example, uh, if you want to be a millionaire. You're not going to come to me, right? You're going to go to Grant Cardone because he's got the Jets. He's got the Rolls Royce, right? He's got the bling. You want to quit your job, financial freedom, you might want to come to me. You know what I mean? So, so I'm going to repel those people who want the bling and I'm going to attract other people who want maybe more like, hey, significance or legacy. You know what I mean? So you're on a mission. That's what Seth talks about in his tribe. And that's how you attract people to your mission. And that's, yeah, and that's how you elevate yourself is, is really, is really because, um, because you can do way more things than you can on your own. Michael, this has been absolutely fantastic. And what a, what a pleasure to be able to spend time with you. Um, how can Elevate Nation connect with you and stay engaged with you ongoing? Yeah, people can find me at themichaelblank.com. That's, uh, that's uh, the with T-H-E, Michael, and then B-L-A-N-K.com. They can Google apartment building investing. 
they can find me as well. We have a podcast um, as well. We have YouTube channels, blog articles. The book is called Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing. You can find it on Amazon. So a variety of ways uh, that people can find me. Yeah, I highly encourage you to stay uh, connected with Michael and, you know, consume his content because he's putting out a tremendous amount of, you know, really valuable content, actionable, actionable content. And obviously, you know, today, really, the key is all about, you know, repetition. I mean, if you want to learn, if you want to, you know, apply this into your life, you've got to listen to this again, you've got to take notes. But the key beyond that is to share with someone else teach it to someone else, let that anchor into your own understanding and take massive action. Cause the only way that you're actually going to learn and become more and elevate your own life, your own business um, is really to take massive action and then course correct. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. You've got to understand this is a long, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so Michael, you know, until next time, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Tyler. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.